happy Monday. Thank you for tuning in. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this uh, extravaganza? Yes, it's an extravaganza. Oh, I have the vapors. Oh, Humpty Dumpty that nobody watches. Do you realize this this guy's book? Which 13 cha- extra chapters. 13. <laughs> Linda, did you read this? It sold Nielsen 1,738. I didn't even know he had a book out. That's news. It's it's an unmitigated failure. I I think it gets less than 750,000 viewers on the average week on this disastrous show of his. It's terrible. And and he's attacking me. You know, this is amazing stuff. There's a part of me that doesn't want to give Humpty Dumpty attention, but it's too much fun. Uh, You know, when somebody's failing that bad, it just then becomes fun because it's like it's low hanging. Well, he's mean. That's why it's fun because he's so well, mean. He don't. What they don't realize is they are exactly what they say others are. It's the, the exact criticism. It's it's actually mind numbing. It's not been a good time for him and his family. Apparently, as, as a, a news anchor, members of his family is now being accused of bullying and creating a toxic environment in the workplace. Whoopsie Shocking. daisy. Totally. You know, and th- th- this guy's like. They are stalkers. I mean, there there are Trump stalkers. There are Hannity stalkers, Fox News stalkers. People, we've chronicled this, this whole cancel culture thing. We we live it, eat, breathe, sleep it every single minute of every hour of every day. And all that's really about is is people that just hate the fact that there are Americans that have different viewpoints than theirs and that, yeah, we like the Trump agenda and we, we like Donald Trump and... You know, Donald Trump's still popular and they can't believe it. And then you get these phony establishment pollsters out there. Uh, Robert Cahaley blasted this Goez poll, which is phony. Um, and, you know, you must dump Trump. The, the things are so bad now. It didn't take long because socialism never works. Um, it is it is stunning to me, just like, you know, when I when we broke down. And we spent years. It took a lot of hard work and, and digging and unpeeling every layer of the onion to get to the truth about what happened, this phony allegation of Trump-Russia collusion. And we went our own independent path, as we always do on the program. Like, for example, in 2016, when I was telling my audience that I love, I don't lie to this audience, I tell the truth, and I was I was putting... You know, at the time, I guess, you know, 27 years on air on the line and telling people or 28 years that Donald Trump will govern as a conservative. And there were many conservatives that were skeptical about me saying this. And and it turned out I was proven right. I think he's the most conservative president we even had in our lifetime, even many in many ways, more than than Reagan, because he fought more than Reagan. Reagan had a very different style. But Reagan was hated by the establishment Republicans at the time as well. You know, the term amiable dunce came from Republicans, not from Democrats. You know, a a B-grade actor. A lot of that came from Republicans. He was a great governor in California, and he was a great president. 21 million new jobs created. The longest period of peacetime economic growth in history. He built up a 600-ship Navy. Peace through strength worked. Just like Donald Trump, it worked. There were no trade wars. There was no protectionism, as some had predicted. 
He kept his promises on taxes, ending the bureaucracy, built 500 miles of fence. He made us energy independent. He chose from the list that he said he would choose from for the courts. You know, he got us free and fair trade deals. But to get the fair part, you you have to make the other side believe that you're willing to walk away from the table and and impose uh, tariffs on them. He convinced everybody he would do it because he would do it. They believed it. I don't see that respect for Joe Biden these days. And then peace through strength. And the military loved Trump. And, and yeah, he started pulling us out of, you know, these never-ending foreign conflicts. You know, we have later in the program, Eddie Gallagher and his wife are going to be on as they now tell their story about, you know, the hell he's been through. We send our, our national treasure, men and women, out into the battlefield to fight wars bravely for us, defending our way of life. The world has got to rid itself of radicalism, whatever manifestation of form it's in. Radical Islamic terrorism at the time. And they're willing to do it. And Biden and Obama put handcuffs and rules of engagement on our military and they can't even do their job. Anyway, we're going to get to that. We'll get to some of these, this issue of this U.S. Olympian turning away from the American flag and, and covering her head in a T-shirt while the national anthem played. You want to know why people are ratings? If you look at them from Major League Baseball to NBA basketball to NFL football, they're deteriorating. And in large part because they have now taken one of the most unifying moments for the American people. We have people of all backgrounds, all races, all socioeconomic backgrounds getting together with a shared passion, their home team. That's why strangers high five each other. You know, that's why I don't I can't think of a time that I've been to a game and I'm not talking to the people next to me, the people behind me, the people in front of me celebrating, you know, touchdowns or goals or home runs, whatever it happens to be. Now you add politics. Now you put a big wedge in the middle of one of the most unifying moments this country, frankly, needs and sports. All it does for me is, and I'm, I, I'm not telling people what to do. You want to watch the Olympics? Watch the Olympics. My interest just pl- plummeted. I have no interest. It's not, not been my favorite thing, the Olympics, but, you know, I love watching high-performing athletes, the people that dedicate years and years of their life every single solitary day to get good at their particular sport. I love to watch great athletes. I don't care what the sport is. It's amazing. They're amazingly gifted and talented, and it doesn't happen easy. Um, anyway, a lot to get to today. We'll, we'll get to all of that. We'll check in with Eddie Gallagher and his wife. Uh, we'll talk about Humpty later. We'll have some fun with that, with Mark Simone will join us on that. Um, let me just tell you where we are. Um, the entire democratic radical socialist agenda is failing and it's failing in large part because it is so radical. They don't know what to do because their hands are tied by the likes of Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the squad members. And now they've got enormous pressure and influence over Nancy Pelosi because if they decide she has to go as speaker, that will happen. And Nancy believes that. 
and she fears that. Chuck Schumer's scared to death that AOC will challenge him in a primary for his Senate seat and that she would win. Um, whatever the squad seems to lay out then becomes the, the Biden-Pelosi-Schumer agenda. You know, and now they're, they're getting angry. AOC this weekend ripping the Senate and the infrastructure, the bipartisan negotiations that were going on for lack of diversity. That's how you get the GOP on board. Well, I don't know what exactly she means, but anyway, the New York Democrats' complaints come after she claimed a GOP minority shouldn't have been allowed to assert its position on the Democrats' voting rights bill. Well, maybe she doesn't understand the rules of the Senate or what a filibuster is or cloture is or or maybe she's not been paying. Well, I think she has been paying pretty close attention because she's already ripped Joe Manchin. She slammed Kristen Sinema's filibuster defeatism. Our job is to help people. OK, but there are very different rules in the Senate than there are in the House. And, and our framers designed it that way. McConnell has now given Biden an, an ultimatum on the infrastructure deal. Now, last year, last week, I told you about this trap that was being set by the Democrat for Rhino Republicans. And it was simply that they'll get the Rhino Republicans to go along with the specific infrastructure items that are about infrastructure, including higher taxes. And then they would backdoor through the reconciliation process. I know we get complicated here. Stay with me reconciliation they get one shot at this where they don't need the supermajority need or need to reach cloture they would just need a simple majority which they would have if mansion cinema etc were on board and then turn around and and pretty much do everything else that they agreed not to do in the reconciliation bill mcconnell now gave biden an ultimatum and either he gets Nancy and Chuck to abandon plans for the supplemental $4 trillion infrastructure wish list, or all bets are off. So last week, Republicans hadn't figured it out. I, and I came on this program, I said, You're, I can't believe you people are falling for this. Because they were about to dive into a, a big trap. Anyway, so McConnell today urged Biden to get the two top Democrats to abandon a plan to link this $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure deal to the larger reconciliation package that every Republican is going to reject, at least now. I can't speak for Murkowski. I can't speak for Mitt Romney. I can't speak for Ben Sass, the jackass. I can't. So there might be a few Republicans that break away. I don't know. Anyway, because Biden walked back his initial demand that the two pieces move through Congress in tandem. And then McConnell said that the president's move would would amount to a hollow gesture. I don't know why they didn't see this initially, but apparently they didn't. And the president now appropriately de-linked a potential bipartisan infrastructure bill from the massive unrelated tax and spend plans that the Democrats want to pursue on a partisan basis. Now, he says he's calling on Biden to engage Schumer, to engage Pelosi, and make sure they follow his lead. I, I don't even think Joe knows what day of the week it is. Um, I'm almost ready. I'm not quite ready, but I'm getting closer to launching why, in detail and great specificity, 
all the evidence that you would want that Joe is weak and frail and a cognitive mess. I'm not going to lie to my audience. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows it. All of America's enemies see it, and all of America's enemies know it. It's not hard to figure out. Now we've got a worse problem because now the Democrats have weaponized the Department of Justice by going after Georgia. Georgia's voting laws are far more inclusive. There are more opportunities in Georgia than Delaware. Then why is the Attorney General of the United States suing Georgia? Georgia has 17 days of early voting. They have no excuse absentee voting, meaning you don't need an excuse. They have no no days of early voting in Delaware. You need to provide an excuse to get an absentee ballot in Delaware. Every county in Georgia has a drop box. No county in Delaware has one. You know, both states require voter ID. So why did Merrick Garland politicize the and weaponize the Department of Justice? Because that's exactly what happened. And if you live in Georgia, know that Joe Biden, who has the most restrictive voting laws in his state, calls your state Jim Crow 2.0. I mean, it's, it's, it's nauseating. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. So why all of a sudden, if Joe Biden doesn't lift a finger to make voting more accessible in, in a state that he represented for five decades... Why is it now, when he never lifted a finger, why all of a sudden is it, according to Jen Circleback Saki, the press secretary, why is it the top priority that he will be fighting the GOP voting bills when all these voting bills are requiring is something that his state has? Because his state has the most restrictive voting laws. They make it more difficult than any other state. And so, okay, so you want voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody control. Um, you, need, you need a picture ID to get into the White House, to get into the Capitol, to get into the Democratic National Convention. You need all of this, you know, to buy a six-pack of beer or a bottle of wine, for crying out loud. So why is now, why are they saying that this is going to be the top priority? It goes back to this is the new Green Deal socialist top priority. I can think of no reason except those that want have nefarious intentions of one kind or another that are out there pushing this. There's no other reason. It's never been ever, not one time, an issue for Joe Biden in his political career. Not once. Now, if you thought, you know, well, maybe you want to make COVID eradicated for the world once and for all. No, that's not his top priority. Or, you know, or stopping radical Islamic terrorism or stopping these hostile regimes with their geopolitical ambitions. That's not his top priority. Or getting America's economy back online. That's not the top priority. No, the top priority is is battling and then politicizing his own Department of Justice into doing something which they ought to be doing in Joe's home state. But now they're talking... Uh, Instead of going after restrictive states like Joe's, they're going after Georgia. We'll continue.
when news breaks, you get the inside story that no one else has. And the behind-the-scenes chatter that the mainstream media doesn't even know about. This is the Sean Hannity Show. I right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800 Sean, you want to be a part of the program. And we're seeing recovery um, economically, but we're seeing it in red states. We're seeing it in the states that rejected Joe Biden's bonus for not working. Uh, surprise, surprise. McGovern, remember that? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, anyway, the jobless rate plunging in those states that decided to reject the bonus, uh, Biden bonus payments to those that don't want to work. 21 states now have ended or will end uh, the beefed up payments in by the end of June, which is now coming. It's June 28th. And what we see is that in those states that have done this, there's a 13.8% drop in since mid-May in the number of people receiving unemployment benefits. That was in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. The four states planning to end benefits in July and September, uh, they saw far less uh, of, a, of, a, of, a de- of an increase in employment or a decrease in unemployment. Anyway, what you, do, you want people to get back to work. Look, I know it may sound great to a lot of people. Oh, if I don't have to work, then I get to do this, and I get to do that, and I get... How many, be honest with yourself. There's something that, that I think is nourishment for the soul, and it's actually called work. And the idea, it doesn't matter what you do even. It matters that you, I mean, you think of, you, you, you live in a house. What if you had to build your own house? What if you had to build your own appliances? What if you had to build your own car? What if you had to, so you buy goods and services produced by others, and you also get the money to pay for it by producing goods and services for other people. But there's, there's a confidence and self-satisfaction that goes along with the idea that you're contributing to society, that, you are, that you're serving a purpose. I don't care if you're flipping a hamburger, you're working, you're providing people the food that they want to eat. Although Linda will never take poor Liam to ever get a happy meal. It is one of the saddest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Poor kid, I can't wait for my opportunity to bypass and get that done. Anyway, so you're starting to see the response of these programs. This is a that's good for the country. Joe Rogan, um, <laughs> he cried. I watched Joe Rogan um, podcasts. I think he's really talented. I think he's a great guy. I, I, we've tried to get him on. He doesn't want to come on the show, which is fine. I don't care. I mean, I'd like to interview him, but he has a really good podcast. He goes in depth. Spends a long time with people. Thought it was funny as hell when he interviewed Elon Musk. It was a great interview. Um, anyway, he slams Biden. And he, you know, I don't know why it's so hard for everybody else to say what is so obvious to everyone. And that Joe Biden is out of his mind. And everybody knows he's out of his mind. That's an exact quote from Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan is right. We don't have a real leader in this country. Well, we're unhinged yeah. in a lot of ways, and we're not anchored down by a real leader. You know, we don't really have a real leader in this yeah. country anymore. Yeah. I mean, you could say Joe Biden is the president, he's our leader, and you'd, you'd be correct on paper, but, I mean, everybody knows he's out of his mind. He's just, he's barely hanging in there. You know, what really offended the media mob, what really offended... That, you know, so many woke Hollywood actors and actresses, 
Do you? I mean, think about this. You learn as a kid, sticks and stones can break your bones, but names will never hurt you, right? We've all heard that before. So my question is, were people really as offended as they pretended to be when Donald Trump would tweet out, this is the great lie of Donald Trump. What about the great lie of the mob and the media about Trump-Russia collusion? What about the, the, the lies of omission by the media mob? How do you possibly say that the Trump-Zelensky phone call is a quid pro quo based on an anonymous hearsay whistleblower, not a real whistleblower, hearsay whistleblower, uh, a phone call that we had a full transcript of that, you know, apparently 30 people were listening to in real time. How do you turn that into a circus where you're impeaching a president over this so-called quid pro quo that I didn't hear when I heard the tape? Donald Trump is defending himself. And and then at the same time, you've got Joe Biden on tape bragging that he, he leveraged a billion U.S. tax dollars to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired which is a quid pro quo. And what was the prosecutor? Well, why would a vice president of the United States want a prosecutor fired? Because zero experience son was making millions and he admits he has no experience. I mean, it's just, it's so corrupt. The mob in the media is so corrupt. I said journalism is dead. It, it is beyond dead. It is the very things that Democrats say they hate about Trump or the media mob hates about Trump, they, they are guilty of. You want to talk about the great lie they told, the great lie about Trump-Russia collusion, the great lie about quid pro quo in Ukraine. And if it really offended them that they thought the phone call did have a quid pro quo, which I don't hear, how are you not equally offended at Joe Biden's quid pro quo that he's bragging about? How is that possible? Because it, it's not possible. Because they're advancing a political agenda. It's so obvious. And it's hurting the country. They don't care. Because they, they're just nothing but mouthpieces of the democratic socialist movement in America today. Uh, even Democrats, I told you about this one Democrat, about this awkward moment face-to-face meeting with Biden and Joe Biden. He, I mean, it, it cracks me up. Joe Biden was is out there and the guy asked him a question and he says, and Joe Biden just stares at me, just stared at me. I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. Don't you think that's a little bizarre? Anyway, it's crazy. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Um, who am I going to get to? Let's go to Renee in Florida. How are you, Renee? Glad you called. Thank you for taking my call. Big fans. And my husband and I were discussing um, the other day, and it just came up again, and we were listening to you and wondering when it was going to be mentioned or if Congress is ever going to bring up. I am not an anti-vaxxer. And I've taken all my vaccines as a child and everything. I took the flu shot years ago, and I almost died. I was in the hospital for about four days. And I had Man, three I'm infections. So sorry. That's doctors. scary. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. It was very scary. And I had three infectious disease doctors that told me, Renee, you are never allowed to take another adult vaccine. I have allergies, but 
I'm allergic to penicillin, aspirin, that kind of thing. But they told me, do not ever take another adult vaccine. I said, okay, got it. Well, now with this COVID, quote, vaccine shot, I'm real curious, the people that have taken the shot and then gone and donated blood, because as we're driving through Florida, I said, God forbid there's a car accident and something happens with us and they need to transport us to the hospital and give me blood. At that point, Sean, I could actually die because of whoever gave the blood unknowingly, of course, that took the shot. Now I get it. Are they going to now even say that I died of COVID because that seems to be their go-to all the time. But the fact that I literally cannot have this and will not have this, my doctor has written me a formal letter, which I carry with me everywhere because he told me, Renee, I took a Hippocratic oath that I will protect my patients. And he wrote this letter to me a couple months ago and thank God I have that to carry because it's just like Listen, wearing the, the penicillin bracelet. Renee, this is why I refused, and I don't know how much you, you might have picked up on the pressure that was being brought on me to tell people what to do with the vaccine. Yes. And, and I tried yes. to be responsible, but I'm not, I, I'm not a doctor. You're describing mm-hmm. a medical condition that I know nothing about. And let's say I'm on the air mm-hmm. saying, everyone needs to get the vaccine. Go get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Go get, okay. I'm telling people, take this, 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 this thing, I have seen this thing wreak havoc and misery yes. and pain and death. Yes. And we all know the numbers. Take it seriously. Do your own research. Consult with Absolutely. your doctor or doctors and other medical professionals you trust. And based on your unique medical history, comorbidities yes. or, or pre-existing conditions or compromised immune systems, you know, I mean, you have to they you have to make that choice. I wish I could right. make it for you. And then everybody yes. wants to know what I did. And I'm like, you know what? I probably would have told people, but <laughs> it's none of your, your business. business. I'm not telling anybody. That's right. That's I believe right. in medical and, you know, privacy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I'm I believe curious. in medical privacy. Yeah. Yes. And the fact that Fauci went from making $465,000 a year to getting a $2.9 million bonus after the vaccine stuff came out. And now he's not even talking about people that might have an allergic reaction. It's like, no, you won't. But if you do, we'll deal with it then. When is someone going to confront him about reality? And what if this is your child, Fauci? What if this is your mom or dad? Well, probably maybe his kids now at this point, because he's a little older. But that's what I'm saying. It's it's until now, now let them, me be clear. I did matter. suggest to people that I that are close to me or people that I, I, I feel I trust when they really mm-hmm. pushed when they asked, I gave them my advice, what I think. But because they asked yes. and um, and I and I've told close friends and my family, I've, I've told them what my decisions were. And but I'm not I, I'm not in the position you know, one of the questions that has been most revealing to me is I asked doctors that are on this show, are there certain people based on whatever medical condition that you advise not to get the vaccine? And and almost without exception, they all say that, yeah, there, there are certain people. It's very small. It's a very tiny number mm-hmm. that they would maybe put in your category. 
and that right. is that, that that you have a specific condition. Now, w- what does that mean for you? Off the top of my head, Renee, it probably means, especially with this new variant, the Delta variant that's out there, I want you to be very careful. You know, social distance, masks, the whole bit, whatever you have to do, I would I'd take extra care. Um, talk to your mm-hmm. doctor about that. We do have now incredible therapeutics that are getting widespread use, including Regeneron and Ivermectin. Yes, and I have them on hand. I got them from my doctor, and I have them on hand as I'm actually going to Sarasota for the Trump rally on the 3rd. And because I know Mm -hmm. that if I take my hydroxychloroquine, my Z-Pack, take all my vitamins and keep healthy, I go to the gym every day, that I pretty much have a good shot. I don't, yeah, don't look into surgery. ivermectin would be my advice. Look into yeah. um, Regeneron would be my advice. But all, but again, do all of that with the consultation of your doctor. A thousand percent. And you know, I, just, it, I just I'm waiting for them to mention the blood supplies as far as for or what happens with people like me. And listen, I don't mean to sound the, selfish, the, but the, I'm just that, you know. The Pfizer Moderna vaccines, the mRNA, as they call it, right, versus the more exactly. His- versus, say, Johnson & Johnson, which is more of, um, how do I say this correctly, the more traditional vaccine, of way of making vaccines. Mm-hmm. This, this, is, this is newer technology, the mRNA. You know, yes. this, this is out of my league. Um, I, I wish I could go deeper and further. Have I read a lot? Yes. Do I think I know a lot, enough to make my own decisions and, and tell my kids what the hell to do if they're going to listen to me anyway? I mean, you know, what are the odds yeah. of that? <laughs> Anyway, God bless you. Thank you. Real quick, I want to grab uh, Susan in Ohio. Susan was at the rally with the president. We have about a minute, Susan. It's all yours. I I had never been to a more electrified event in in my whole life, a town of 5,000 people in Ohio. There there was at least 40,000-plus people at this event. And it gives me hope that I haven't had in a long, long, long time. And I I don't know how to talk to liberals. Do you have any advice? Yeah, avoid them. <laughs> I don't, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's funny. When I leave outside New York, when I leave, get outside of mm-hmm. the New York area, it's amazing the difference, how I'm treated versus how I'm treated in New York City. You know, I, I've literally been told by friends of mine, they, one friend invited me over, he's a member of some stupid club, right? Everyone joins these clubs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes, uh, why don't you come over and have lunch? Then I get a call back. Uh, I hate to tell you this. A very embarrassed call. Yeah, they really don't want me to bring you. I'm like, is there a particular reason? Yeah, because yeah, some people might might feel uncomfortable if you come to eat a hamburger. I mean, that's New York. That's why I'm getting the hell out of here. I, I'm, I'm getting out. I'm leaving this state. I'm leaving. Don't they want us to be divided? Well, I mean, I am canceled. And, and Linda, how much worse is it if I were to tell all these stories? How much worse is it? We need a separate podcast for that. Yeah, a separate podcast where I can just unload, you know, real truth. Right? All day long. Yeah, I mean, and am I, I'm not offended. Um, you know, I, I'd rather know if I'm, I don't want to be where people don't like me. I'm not going to force myself on people. I don't know if they thought I was going to get in, into the dining room and, and pull out a bullhorn and tell people to vote for Trump. I don't know what these people, is, what's wrong with them. 
Anyway, I got to run, Susan. Glad you had a good time. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, if you are and have been a regular listener to this program, you've heard the name Eddie Gallagher before. We talked about it a lot. Uh, Navy SEAL, actually now retired. Um, he was put on trial for murder and other serious crimes that he was accused of by committing uh, of committing by the U.S. government during his last deployment, which was in Mosul. And it captured national, international media attention. And, 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 it, and it became a polarizing issue. Why? I'm not fully, completely sure. Um, I think there was some politics involved in it. That was always my personal opinion. Um, ultimately acquitted of the most serious charges. Anyway, um, he's now telling his story. Uh, I want to go back first before I introduce him to you and play his brother. He was actually on this show. Um, we followed this case closely from the beginning, and it's Eddie's brother, Sean Gallagher, talking about his brother. My brother represents what is best about this country. He fulfilled a family tradition that we have of joining the service, like his father and uncles and grandparents. Uh, enlisted at a high school and became a medic, then a Marine Scout sniper, and then a Navy SEAL, which he's been for 14 years. It's been on eight combat tours, like you mentioned, racking up accolade after accolade. I mean, if you were to literally create or imagine what a modern-day war hero would be, it'd be Eddie. Uh, now, he's just like any other special operator. He's humble. He would say that I'm just like the rest of the guys, but even among his peers, he stands out. So my brother was in charge of his platoon. Trump and the president tasked him with almost the impossible to clear out ISIS from Mosul. Mm -hmm. They're deeply embedded. There is intense weeks of heavy firefighting, of combat, of the gruelest caliber. You know, my brother's called me on every single one of his eight combat deployments, every single one. And hardly has he described an enemy as cruel and as violent and as just disgusting as ISIS. And so in this incident in question, and I want to state from the beginning that everything that's been said is, and if I can use this phrase, it's fake news in a way. It's just complete fabrication. It's rumor. And what happened is that these rumors grew and then snowballed where investigators took them and believed them at mm -hmm. face value. And so for a year now, our family has finally been able to get the truth out. At, at this moment in time, we've been silent for a year, and so finally we're fighting back. So in, th in this incident that you mentioned, quite literally the, the, the accusation is that a wounded ISIS fighter that he and his platoon were working on that was already shot in the leg, a severed artery, they had been in a building that Iraqi special forces had shelled, they brought him into the SEAL compound, they're treating him, and then he expires. And the, the accusation against my brother is that this already dying fighter, my brother killed, which did not happen, but is insane just at the outset, right, that a U.S. Navy SEAL trained to fight the enemy brings in a wounded guy to save him so that they can interrogate yeah. him. And they say, oh, he killed him. And now my brother is facing, quite literally, life in prison without the possibility of parole. JusticeForEddie.com is a site that we have set up for my brother. You can donate. But the one thing that we're asking most folks to do is we're really thankful at this time in history that we have a president that we're hoping can come to our assistance that would look at the grievous nature of his treatment of the abuse of power by NCIS and prosecutors and come to our aid. Justiceforeddie.com. All right, joining us now is Navy SEAL Chief, now retired Eddie Gallagher, his wife Andrea, join us. Their new book, it's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, and now in bookstores everywhere as they tell their story, the man in the arena from fighting ISIS to fighting for my freedom. Uh, welcome, both of you. You know, as I, as I watched your story unfold and... And, and it became very odd to me because apparently, I guess, there's a, 
I, I guess there are political, there's a political side to everything, if that's a f- good way to put it. And, mm-hmm. and some people made allegations against you. And the irony is, based on all the evidence I saw, is that this guy that was injured, it was actually you that was trying to save his life. Is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, this whole story is, you know, the, the trial and everything is started based on just a bunch of uh, white lies that some guys told. And then once those white lies got in the hands of NCIS, uh, which is the Navy's version of the FBI, you know, they're supposed to be the investig- investigatory body. Those people believe those white lies, and then they themselves were forced to lie. And everybody that got involved from that point on had no, you know, they were lying, cheating, stealing to try and put me away for life. Um, and, yeah, it, it all started from three guys who decided they didn't like me, they were in my platoon, and they wanted to start rumors to ruin my reputation. Now, what really happened in that fight for Mosul? Let's let's go back to this this horrific time, and how and and why there were these few people that uh, apparently in the SEAL platoon, um, one that actually, I, if I recall correctly, even recanted the story, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. So basically, these three guys that were uh, in my platoon, they were very green, uh, which means they had uh, no no real combat experience. Um, and this was their first combat deployment. And what they found out is this job was not for them during that deployment. It was very chaotic and very busy. Um, I had, uh, 23 guys in my platoon. Um, and these three individuals decided that this job wasn't for them. And instead of, uh, choosing to leave the community, they tried to say it was my fault, um, that I pushed them too hard. Uh, on deployment that I was dangerous and they managed to r- wrap up about two other individuals into their, into their little circle. Uh, but, you know, once their story got put to the test, um, you know, by investigations, and then when they were told they had to go to trial, two of those individuals decided that uh, it wasn't worth going forward. And they, you know, they actually told the truth. Um, so, so it, how many years of your life though, then are hanging in the balance and and your wife is on with us andrea as well um i'm sure this put you and your whole family through hell the whole time yes we definitely had a very tumultuous couple of years the deployment he's speaking of was in 2017 the allegations started to escalate in 2018 and then we weren't even in trial um, until 2019 and that's when president trump had intervened just previous to his trial which would have been in june 2019 president trump um, really interacted with us and basically freed him to be a part of his own um, legal assistance. At that time, he had been incarcerated for nearly nine and a half months, and we had just a horrible time. Our family was definitely targeted. We feel like we were almost terrorized by NCIS and the government, and, and then we did become sort of a political football for the media um, because when President Trump got involved, that got very tumultuous. So there was a lot of vilification um, of Eddie and even our family that's unspeakable that we kind of talk about in the book. Is there any any way to get compensated for the fact, I mean, you had one witness in particular, again, if I recall correctly, Eddie, that said that they were depending on their star witness said, no, he didn't kill him at all. And it blew the whole case wide open. Yeah, uh, no, that, and that's the crazy part of the story. You know, the, once that uh, witness, the prosecution's witness, uh, fessed up to the murder, they still went full steam ahead at me. Uh, they, you know, called. Well, I mean, that's witness. the he actually said, "Well, I did it." Isn't that true? Yep. 
Yeah. He, uh, he admitted to doing it, and the prosecutors then called him a liar. Still went full steam ahead at me. It's like as if he had never said it. Um, and so no one, no one has been held accountable at all uh, that was involved on the Navy side and the government side for what happened. Well, how uh, is that are- possible if the star witness admits to being the person that's guilty? Well, number one, they, 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 there's no testimony from that individual that's going to impact you or your life uh, at that point. Then they, he's saying that he did it. I guess at that point he had immunity, and they said, well, he did it because he had immunity, but it doesn't matter at that point. Their witness is gone. It's over. Yep. Then it becomes yeah. a witch hunt, to use a familiar phrase. It, I mean, it was a witch hunt from the beginning. Uh, you know, they had no evidence uh, at all. Even all the evidence they had was just uh, hearsay from these certain individuals, um, which those stories, all their stories didn't align up. They all contradicted themselves. I mean, to put it bluntly, you know, the jury members uh, had talked to my lawyers afterwards, and also they talked to the prosecutors, and they said, we can't believe you even brought this to trial. How, how did it come to this? Um, that's how much of a joke it was. Um, and, you know, a lot of uh, taxpayers' dollars were wasted on it. Um, and then I think the Navy is uh, too ashamed to actually admit that they made a mistake. Um, and they've definitely shown their arrogance thus far by holding no one accountable for all the lies and deceit that happened to our family. Uh, but, you know, we are... That, that, that's the reason I wrote the book. Is do, do, do you have any out. legal recourse? Because here you are a highly decorated combat vet with deployments in war zones all over the world, Kosovo, uh, Africa, Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, and, and they put you through this. Is, is there any recourse available to you um, we are, for, for the damages that they've done to you and, and your wife, Andrea, and your family? You know, we, uh, when I was getting out or finally retiring, we filed some uh, IG some c- complaints against the Navy, um, pretty much showing them all the evidence they needed but that there was deceit and lies and uh, everything else. And, of course, they reviewed it and said, nope, we did nothing wrong. Uh, you can go on your way. And so we are in a lawsuit with them right now uh, for leaking all of my private information to New York Times during my trial uh, in order to try and smear me. And what were you thinking as as Eddie's wife? Uh, you've known Eddie, you know, for all these years, Andrea, and here your husband's being falsely accused and even at, at one point exonerated and the witch hunt goes on. Yeah, it's really hard to put into words, but when it all originally started to happen in 2018, what people will get the final picture of when they read the book is that these these allegations that were originally leveled against him had nothing to do with war crimes. They had nothing to do with anything that he ended up going to trial for. They were all very petty juvenile complaints. And then the escalation of allegations kept moving forward and then was kind of cauterized when we had a very, very criminal NCIS investigating agent named Joseph Orpinski, who kind of came onto the scene and he started to collude with these people. He started to, you know, get them together, get their stories straight. They would all talk and be in communication. It's basically everything that you can picture 
that you would not do in an investigation, he did in order to get a win. So to answer your question, Sean, I mean, it's unthinkable to me that someone can serve so diligently as a special operator for our country in every single single major battlefront in the war on terror for 20 years. And then really, they tried to dispose of my husband. They tried to put him away for life. And that's why we really want to kind of blow the lid off of this story for people so that they understand the truth of what really happened. Because most people read either a clickbait headline that was just igniting the fire against, most of it was lampooning President Trump, but we got really um, kind of, you know, vilified and all of that as well. So our story is very, very skewed and misunderstood. So this book will hopefully go to set the record straight. And we do hope it'll go back to restoring some of the the rights that have been stripped away in our military justice system to the individuals that have been fighting for 20 years. Quick break, right back, more with uh, Navy Steel, now retired Eddie Gallagher, his wife, uh, Andrea, their new book out today. It's called Man in the Arena, From Fighting ISIS to Fighting for My Freedom. Right, more with Navy SEAL Chief, now retired Eddie Gallagher and his wife, Andrea. Their new book is out. They tell their side of the story in this big uh, nationwide case, The Man in the Arena, From Fighting ISIS to Fighting for My Freedom. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. In my family growing up, uh, so both of you know, uh, Eddie and Andrea, you know, to be in law enforcement or the military was like the highest, most respected profession ever. And I find myself at a point today where, you know, for whatever reason, people ask my advice. Young people seek out my advice about what they should do in careers. And I always tell them, find your passion and and don't do things for money. Do it because you love it, because you're going to be doing it your whole life. And I don't know if I can in good conscience advise people in the circumstances that we now see in cities across the country to get into law enforcement or, you know, hearing cases like yours and knowing that there's there is now politicizing within the military. Uh, Like in your case, it scares me to recommend that noble career. And I mean, noble. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely getting, uh, you know, harder for me as well nowadays to see, you know, just the, the way that the current administration is pushing our military in, um, you know, with all the, uh, I guess, they want to be super progressive and uh, whatever else instead of focusing on war fighting. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely different, but at the same time, I still recommend any anybody that's going, that wants to go in the service. It is a very like you said, noble job. It's a righteous job. Um, they just have to go in with the awareness that sometimes whatever's being pushed down to them from, you know, higher up is may not oh. always be the right thing. I'll add one thing. If we're going to send our national treasure like you out to fight wars that they start, then they better allow us to fight and win them and win them quickly. That's that's got to be our, our military moving forward. It's a great book, a great read. It's just out today. The man in the arena uh, from fighting ISIS to fighting for my freedom. Uh, retired now. Navy SEAL Chief Eddie Gallagher, his wife, Andrea, joining forces. Uh, they'll join us on TV tonight. Uh, thank you both for being with us. And we wish you the best. Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Hannity.com. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, quick break right back.
less big government. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls in just a second here. Wanted to do a quick hit uh, and update you because I believe that this is the first Senate candidate that is primary an incumbent that Donald Trump has now endorsed. Uh, she was on our program a couple of weeks ago. Kelly Chewbacca who's taken on Lisa Murkowski. I mean, Lisa Murkowski, frankly, is, is her silence has been deafening on, on almost every issue now that is having a, a great impact on the energy sector in this country. And anyway, the president at his rally this weekend, Donald Trump, talking about the failed policies of Biden, including, yeah, energy is a big one. After just five months, the Biden administration is already a complete and total catastrophe. I told you, crime is surging, murders are soaring, police departments are being gutted, illegal aliens are overrunning their borders. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. Our poor borders, they were so perfect, they were so good. Drug cartels and human traffickers are back in business like they've never been before. They're doing numbers that they've never even thought possible. And just a few short months ago, drugs were way down. Human trafficking was way down. It was all way down. It was all they had to do is go away for a little while. It was beautiful. But the schools, when you take a look at schools and you look at all of the things that happen, left wing indoctrination camps, Critical race theory is being forced on our military. Gas prices are spiking, inflation is skyrocketing, and China, Russia, and Iran are humiliating our country. Joe Biden is destroying our nation right before our very own eyes. All right, speaking of the midterms in 2022, it's getting closer than it'll be here, faster than you think. Uh, Kelly Chewbacca is back with us. She is challenging Lisa Murkowski for the nomination to be the senator from the great state of Alaska. Um, I think you're the first candidate taking on an incumbent for the U.S. Senate that the president has endorsed. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct, Sean. And it is such an honor to have his endorsement. Well, a lot of this goes to the one big issue, and, and we talked the last time you were on the program about what I love about Alaska and Alaskans and their rugged individualism, uh, but also the fact that the vast resources of this incredible state, especially energy, is shared with the citizens of Alaska. It, the government views it as their resources, and when you cut back on, on energy independence, that has a direct impact on every single citizen that lives in Alaska. And I, I've not seen Lisa Murkowski out there leading the fight to stop the Biden administration from what they're doing. She's not only not leading a fight, but she's been complicit in helping them in their attack and assault on us. She was the senior Republican in the Energy Committee when Joe Biden's nominee, Deb Holland, for the Secretary of Interior came before them. And Deb Holland has a demonstrable track record of wanting to end fossil fuel development in America. And despite that, Lisa Murkowski was the deciding vote to let Deb Holland's confirmation pass through the committee and go before the full Senate 
for confirmation. And since then, Deb Holland has led the attack for the Biden administration to stop fossil fuel development and resource development in Alaska. It's been crushing our workers, killing our economy, and stopping our resource production up here. And it's it's had an effect not just on us in Alaska, but like you said, Sean, on all of America and our ability to become energy independent because we're just shifting that need for energy over to our enemy countries like Russia. It's it's that bad. And what's really unique about the energy sector and what I loved about reaching energy independence, it's something that I've talked about for now decades on this program. I mean, years ago, you know, uh, Newt Gingrich started an effort. We partnered with him in that effort. Uh, drill, you know, baby drill was a phrase Governor Palin made very popular. You know, pay, you know, drill now, pay less. We'd all pay less. Now we're all paying about a buck twenty five more per gallon but it's even worse than that. It costs more to heat your home, cool your home. It costs more for every single product you're buying in every single store because uh, those products get there uh, usually by 18 wheelers. And they're now paying a fortune more for the energy to ship all of these goods that we purchase every single day. So everything's costing more. Uh, that's just part of the inflationary pressures that we're feeling how, how bad do you see this getting now? Are we going to be begging Putin and the Middle East for the lifeblood of our economy again? Sean, you're absolutely right. We already are begging them. Remember, it was Russian cyber terrorists who attacked our gas line just a couple weeks ago that caused our prices to skyrocket along the southeast corridor. And it, we know it was Russia behind it. And what did Joe Biden do but go and give them a list of, what were the okay things that they could attack and what weren't the okay things to attack. So we're literally negotiating with terrorists now as part of our sanctioned diplomacy. You know, Trump was the best president Alaska's had. And the reason he won by double digits in both elections, he allowed us to responsibly develop our own natural resources. And that helped all of America. But it was more than that, too, Sean. He knows that we're owed federal lands and we're owed it from before statehood. This is a challenge that we have in many Western states. And he was transferring millions of acres back to us. We've got the Biden administration trying to take more than 44 million more acres from us. These are some of the challenges that we're facing all around Alaska, and no state but Alaska has been targeted directly and in the middle of the crosshairs of the Biden administration like Alaska. They've set their sights on us, and they're targeting everything about us from our resources oh, It's to our even land. worse than that. Murkowski cast the deciding vote in, in committee to advance the nomination of this radical interior secretary, Deb Halen. Uh, who's leading the charge in eliminating Alaska's ability to explore for oil and natural gas on their own land. And she's the one that cast that deciding vote. Yes, that's right. And Lisa Murkowski is partnering with them in so many things. She's She even cast a deciding vote for Vanita Gupta, who's the defund the police associate attorney general. And we are one of the top states in the nation with a public safety problem. So we've got a lot of challenges with Lisa Murkowski helping the Biden administration. That's why I'm opposing Lisa Murkowski, and so is a lot of Alaska. This is why I received Donald Trump's endorsement. We have a 20-point lead in the polls right now over Lisa Murkowski. The Republican Party has censured her up here and said she doesn't represent us anymore. But we my, also my prediction is she'll on. bail out. She's not going to continue. Her uh, the way she's voting now gives us every indication that she's going to bail out 
And then, of course, giving a waiver to Vladimir so he could build the Nord Stream 2. Uh, he could build his pipeline while simultaneously canceling pipeline jobs uh, for Americans, high-paying career jobs, Keystone XL Pipeline. But, all right, we're going to keep in touch with uh, this race. Uh, Kelly uh, Chewbacca now taking on Lisa Murkowski, officially endorsed by Donald Trump. Uh, any way people can get in contact with you if they want to read your platform? Yes, we are at kelly4ak.com, kelly4ak.com. And, Sean, when they canceled the Keystone Pipeline, Canada turned around and killed our cruise line industry. So we need all the help we can get. And thank you so much for having us on your show. I so appreciate it. Well, glad to have you and wish you the best. Uh, I think this is a very winnable primary and very winnable race for Republicans. And this is, again, 2022 is a very, very important year. Kelly, thanks for being back with us. We appreciate it. I mean, not only is the House up for grabs, I keep naming the states. They all matter, including Florida, including Georgia, North and South Carolina, Alaska, New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Ohio, uh, Arizona, and I can keep going. Very, very important. All right, to our phones we go. Uh, Let's say hi. It is John in Florida. John, how are you? Welcome to the program. I'm doing well, Sean. How's everything? I'm good, sir. What's going on? So I put together a border cleanup that's taking place on September 10th, 11th, and 12th down in Val Verde County, Texas. Um, We're going to be picking up trash um, along the border uh, from obviously from all the illegal crossings that are happening. They're leaving behind um, landfills worth of trash, and no one really talks about that. So I put together a trip. We're going to be leaving from Jupiter, Florida. Uh, I own a blue line moving down here. We're going to fill up my truck with canned goods, basic necessity items, and deliver that to the local community that's hard hit. Um, the food pantries are overrun. The jails are overrun. Uh, I've been working with Frank Martinez, the sheriff down there. I actually just left the border. Um, this I was there this weekend. Um, it was complete madness, total insanity. Um, we did a border cleanup or uh, not a, a border cleanup. We did a cleanup in Baltimore in 2019, uh, in the Easterwood district of Baltimore. We picked up 25 tons of garbage in three days, just off the streets. Um, we were inspired by president Trump when the whole, um, rat infested city was coming along. And I just couldn't believe my eyes when I saw how bad Baltimore was. Um, I felt like I had to do something. So I got together with a bunch of my buddies and we drove from Florida up to Baltimore. Um, we got city approval and uh, we went up there and did that cleanup. And uh, it was just uh, it was just a mess up there. So um, we were going to think it's great you're doing it. I think it's great that Ron DeSantis and I think other governors are following suit now is they're helping out border states secure their own borders, considering Joe and Kamala are facilitating the law breaking. Be careful when you're down there. I think it's extraordinarily kind and and generous uh, of you to to involve yourself in a humanitarian effort. Um, But I'll tell you, unless our own government enforces its own laws without picking and choosing the laws they like versus the laws they don't like, I, I, I don't see how it's a win at all for anybody. You know, if any of us did any of the things they're doing, we'd be put in jail. All right, back to our busy phones. Justin, Ohio. What's up, Justin? How are you, sir? No, I got a question. With with, uh, Biden and Putin's meeting and Biden giving Putin a a list of 16 locations not to attack, wouldn't that be considered a form of espionage, giving your enemy information that he shouldn't have? How about the messages, if you attack us one more time, this is what the consequences are going to be. You know, I'm not in the mood of with negotiating with a hostile actor like Vladimir Putin 
Oh, please, Vladimir, if you're going to attack us, just don't hit these 16 areas. Do you mind? Uh, no, thank you. That's not the way I roll. Debbie, Texas, next, Sean Hannity Show. How are you, Debbie? I'm fine. Hope you're doing well, too. I'm doing well. Thank you. I have a question. Am I the only one that feels that Joe Biden is letting himself be controlled in order to protect Hunter? I mean, it's very obvious that Hunter is in a lot of trouble with uh, the money and, you know, referring to Joe Biden in a different name. I, I just can't believe this man, as old as he is, has had these beliefs for all these years, has turned around and thinks totally different now. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that as Hunter did business with China and Russia and Kazakhstan and with Ukraine, and that the amount of money is, is breathtaking, with zero experience by his own admission in the case of Ukraine and Burisma, uh, right. and him being a crackhead. You know, um, I cannot believe that there has not been, you know, if you will, the dossiers and... And they know Hunter chapter and verse. You know, the Hunter laptop ignored by the mob and the media. The, you know, it's the, it's the Biden, you know, family syndicate protection plan of the, the news media. You know, if any of the Trump kids made millions from mm-hmm. Ukraine, made millions from Kazakhstan and, and Russia and China, and if, if any of the Trump kids lied on a, on a gun application threw a gun in a dumpster, if any of the Trump kids smoked crack uh, and hired hookers, if any of them used the N-word or, 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 or made numerous Asian-American slurs, I doubt any of them would ever get away with it. And it would be news that would be nonstop by the mob and the media probably for months at a time. But that is now how fake and phony and how dead so-called journalism is in America. And that is my point. My family is so well connected and has plenty of money. Why in the world would they let the head of their family go on TV in front of millions of people and make a fool of himself? Well, because I guess they get away with it, Debbie. I got to run out of, out of you know, because I have time restraints, but, you know... It's sad. We don't have equal justice under the law. We don't have equal application of our laws. That That is the current state of America, sadly. And it's been that way for longer than you think. All right, news roundup information overload 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, you know, it is interesting when you're attacked by a nobody. And this is kind of the story of our life. I mean, for whatever reason, uh, uh, look... To call the media mob out as the corrupt liars that they are is it's actually fun to do because we're telling the truth. For three years, the mob and the media, they lied. They created this narrative that turned out to be false and with breathless, hysteria, psychotic rage against all things Donald Trump. They, they breathlessly reported every day, stormy, 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 uh, asshole, asshole, asshole. Oh, my God. Trump, Russia, 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 Russia. You know, the same thing goes on and on and on. And I've been trying to put out questions to the New York Times about the issues that they now, that we all know they now got wrong. And they even got Pulitzer Prizes for it. And you've got over there a fake news CNN, Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty, the, his, he writes this book, 
you know, he's a he's a Fox Hannity full time stalker. I mean, this is all he reports on and he ignores all of his own hypocrisy at his own fake news network, CNN. And the first book bombs now. Well, now we got an additional 12, 13 chapters or whatever it is. The first week, when you look at Nielsen book scan, it was one thousand seven hundred, I think, like sixty eight. And you can't get any lower than that. And on Amazon, I think it was ranked four thousand and one. Anyway, so that's what his job is, is to just hate Fox 24 seven. And so, you know, I I just reported it was one thousand seven hundred thirty eight. And 4,007 on Amazon. I have it here in front of me. And now we're being told that members of his family are now being accused of bullying and creating a toxic environment in the workplace. So I report this truth. This is all true about Humpty Dumpty. And I'm like, okay, well, Humpty Dumpty, tell the truth. Your book bombed. You suck. Nobody really cares about you. And. Um, and his answer was to go on fake news CNN and accuse me of of not giving opinion, but spouting poison. All right, let's listen. You have to hear the poisonous propaganda that the GOP's activist base is listening to. You have to really hear it. It's coming more from Sean Hannity than from Trump right now. So that's what we did this week. We watched every episode of Sean Hannity's show and we color coded it. As you can see, we focused on his language, the insults and phrases that he repeats every night. Nasty little words. On Hannity, the media is the enemy, even though Fox is the media. Here's my point. Don't get numb to this abusive language. Because it is through these insults, it is through these attacks, that Hannity wields power. This dark, dire language is fundamentally authoritarian. It softens the ground for a movement like Stop the Steal, you know, Trump's ploy to actually steal the election. It portrays anyone who disagrees as not legitimate, as not American. That's not true. Okay, let's apply the Humpty standard to fake news CNN, shall we? And they're incendiary rhetoric. Is this president trying to impersonate Hugo Chavez, Recep Tayyip Erdogan? Vladimir Putin. So you uh, are going to sit and listen to the Senate impeachment trial of the former president of the United States who has been impeached for inciting the erection. What a great case officer uh, Vladimir Putin is. He knows how to handle uh, an asset, and that's what he's doing with the president. Stormy Daniels is causing stormy weather. Porn star Stormy Daniels claims President Trump broke the law, had her bullied. Does Stormy Daniels have the president's number? It sure seems that way. It's not clear what he meant by all countries. We are not all created equal, at least not if you are born in, as the president put it, a whole country. The word house instead of whole, as in house countries, not whole countries. I guess he's a polar. Why is President Trump showing sympathy for white nationalists and other hate groups? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. We can surely say his words have absolutely emboldened white supremacists. He has given oxygen to racists. He is clearly trying to ignite a civil war in this country. There's a sign out there that's been hung up in the White House or outside the White House saying, if you're not white, you're not especially welcome. These are the messages from a person who is not well, from a leader who is not fit for office. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. That tale from the border didn't just border on BS. 
This was USDA grade A bullshit. And the reporter who wrote the story resigned, claiming she was forced to make it up. But the damage was done, pumped out over the airwaves at the bull factory, also known as Fox News. All right, here to uh, weigh in. This actually cracks me up a little bit. I mean, because it's like a full-time obsession. Uh, Our friend Mark Simone, he's the host of a highly rated, successful morning show on our New York affiliate, uh, WOR in New York. Um, It's, you know, now, by the way, here's a guy that got a mere 752,000 total viewers. This is a show that's lost 72% of its audience because I guess they don't have Trump to hate anymore over there at fake news CNN. Not that they did that well, even with their hatred. Um, well, what's your initial reaction to all of this? To me, it's amusing. You know, you're never supposed to, if you're, you're the number one host on cable news, you're never supposed to attack the little guy in the feud because it only helps him. But in this case, it's fine. He's in 250th place. What could happen? He goes to 248th place. You know, if I had his rating. <laughs> it's so, but, and, and he thinks he's like really important. That's the funniest part about it, does it? Nobody really cares about the guy. Could you imagine 1,738 books sold in a week? I mean, oh, you can't get any worse than that. Well, I'm on Amazon right now checking his book. It is in 9,763rd place. <laughs> so. And that's even after the promotion I gave him on, on Twitter. Um, yeah, I was actually looking. You have one tweet. It has more likes than he sold books. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. I, well, I don't have, you know, our mutual friend Linda took away all access to my social media, so I have to mail in requests to get things posted at this point in my life. You know, well, if I... I do, do these media people really, are they that blind to who they are? Or do you think that this is just a show? Like, they claim they're journalists. I'm a talk show host. Yeah, sure, I do straight news, investigative reporting, culture, sports. And when I'm up front that I do opinion. I'm a full newspaper. I'm a member of the press. I, I'm like the full paper. They claim they're journalists. There's nothing journalistic about CNN. No, you always say, I'm just an opinion, and a lot of times I've heard you say, well, you know, what do I know? This is my opinion, that they act like they are just the, 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 I mean, the ultimate definitive ruler on everything. They're the ones that have been authoritarian. You know, if you've got a billion uh, liberal news channels and networks and newspapers, you'd think you'd want one one network somewhere that just gives a different point of view. They want to crush that one network. They don't even want any voice of opposition anywhere. That's the real. But Mark Fox is not. Not everybody at Fox agrees with Sean Hannity by any stretch, and starting with my my good friend Geraldo. Or Juan Williams, or plenty of people. And you always have uh, people on to disagree with. You'll never see that on uh, CNN because they go nuts if you disagree. Remember, you have one of the greatest moments ever. It's, you can watch this on YouTube. It's Ted Koppel being interviewed by Brian Stelter. And Koppel tells him off, saying, You're the worst thing for journalism. You're the worst. Watch your <laughs> Stelter go ballistic when he says that. Oh, that's uh, but give Stelter credit for one thing. He made it the hard way without any talent whatsoever. You know what, by the way, Koppel screwed me over once. I give the guy an hour, right? Uh, uninterrupted, uh, one straight hour of an interview. He breaks it down, I think, what was it, Linda? 70 seconds. And it was only him attacking me. 
And then and he literally cut it off right when he he attacks me and didn't play my answer. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's why when 60 Minutes was begging me to let them do a profile on me, I'm like, no, unless you do it live to tape, I'll do it live to tape or I'll do it live. You know, I, I don't care. But they but they want the right to edit. That's the way these networks are. That's the little game they play. Hey, even this Stelter book, it's called Hoax. So I figured this is about Russia. This is about Charlottesville. <laughs> it's about you. I can't believe it. Hoax. Look, we do have a problem here, though. And that is, they got away with lying. I, I could play the montage, it'll take too long, of all of the lies that they have told over the five years that Donald Trump's been president. This is not a news network. This is a, a new Green Deal socialist activist network. I'm fine with that. I just wish they'd be honest about it and own who they are. Or as the famous now woke phrases, own your truth. Why don't they own their truth? Why are they so afraid to admit uh, a, a simple, fundamental uh, a, a piece of information that everybody knows already? They have an agenda. Uh, just an angry agenda. You know what's amazing? They're, they're, they're making up stuff. They're over-the-top, outrageous, crazy, saying everything. And they still can't get any ratings. They're still in third place and, and slipping. You know, Stelter took a week off. The fill-in host got higher ratings than he did. I, when was the last time you saw that happen? Oh, boy. That's not good for him. When did that happen? <laughs> it happened a couple times, actually. Well, I but, think he's uh, just basically the stenographer for Mr. Potato Head, his boss, Jeff Zucker. I mean, Jeff Zucker hated Trump every second, every minute, every day. Project Veritas exposed that. And I think he hates Fox just the same way. I'm not sure, you know, why he even cares, but he does. And that's the thing. I don't watch these networks. I don't watch these shows. The only reason I know about it is because I have a team of people that have to watch it for me and report back anything that might be worth talking about. Which is very. Oh, I watch him all the time. I love the. You know, I couldn't wait to see Jake Tapper this Sunday. He actually announced at the beginning exclusive interview with Mitt Romney. Exclusive. Nobody else asked him. Who else would have him on? <laughs> Any time you have point. him, it's exclusive. <laughs> Where do you think this ends? You know, I did a report last Thursday on TV, and this kind of scares me a little bit because we're seeing a lot more of it. Um, I lived in Atlanta. I I did my radio show from a. a a section of Atlanta that's known as Buckhead. Buckhead now wants to separate from Atlanta and and be able to form their own community, their own county. They want their own police force. You've got now at least, what, anywhere between five and nine counties now talking about leaving the state of Oregon and joining the state of Idaho. Um, Texas, apparently in their constitution, has an ability to separate into five individual states if Democrats go forward and 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 try and and create D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood. I mean, at this point now, we have irreconcilable differences, but I also still want to be the United States of America. But how do you solve these differences? Well, it always goes in cycles, and we've seen a, it gets a little worse each time. But we saw something very similar, 67, 68, riots all over the streets in America, Black Panthers running a campaign against the police. They didn't say defund, but they were, they were trying to stop the police everywhere. You had Democrats over the top, uh, liberal, crazy. And every TV show made fun of uh, 
the Republicans, the conservatives. But it turned around. That's when it helped Nixon get elected on law and order. Uh, and, and usually when the Democrats have their moment, it lasts about four years, and then we go into a long, long stretch of Republicans. I think in 2022, this ends when they lose the House and Senate and realize we went way too far with this stuff. So nobody knows New York as well as Mark Simone. This guy knows everybody, every event that, that ever happens in New York. You can pretty much count on Mark being there, usually as the MC, and he do, he's one of the best MCs I've ever seen. And so now it looks like it's going to be Eric Adams versus Curtis Slewa. And Curtis has been a mutual friend of ours for all these years. We've known Curtis. I work with Curtis uh, for many, many years in radio. You work with him for many, many years. Uh, he's saying he wants to refund the police. Eric Adams ran um, on law, a lot on law and order. Um, the biggest problem and obstacle I see for Curtis is that, what, it's eight, nine to one Democrats out registering Republicans in the city of New York. What happens? Yeah, but remember, Republicans have won five of the last seven mayoral races. So it's very possible Eric Adams got the nomination, or it looks like he got it, by saying all the right things about fighting crime. But go back two or three years, and he was saying the opposite. So a lot of people don't know whether we can trust him on that. You and I know Curtis. He's been a crime fighter from the day he was born. Nobody's been hit by more nightsticks by the police. He's been arrested, I think, 87 times around the country. He's been shot five times by the uh, by the mafia. He's the toughest guy in the world. Nobody's fought harder. Even in the riot flash, when the police weren't there, Curtis was there. He got his jaw broken in one riot. So he'd be the perfect guy Did right now. you know now. that Curtis prepared. was like a crazy is he cat guy? He's, he, he, he's got 15 cats, he told me last week. 15. Yeah, he lives in a studio apartment. He says it's 350 square feet. Well, that eliminates the corruption allegation. I don't think. Yeah, that's true. And by the way, that's about the size of the average apartment for any young kid that wants to begin their life in New York. Uh, all right, the great Mark Simone. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you being Thanks. with us. 800-941-SHAWN, our number. We'll get to your calls when we get back. I-25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SHAWN, if you want to be a part of the program. A lot of news was made this weekend over this U.S. Olympian. Linda, I'm sure you saw this story, that turned away from the American flag covering her head with a T-shirt uh, while singing the national anthem. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, look, I don't I, I'm very consistent. I don't support boycotts. I don't support efforts to silence people. But I have said this before and I'm going to say it again. When I see this, my interest in sports, it, it, it just deteriorates down to nothing. You know, I, I, I love watching sports. I'm not watching them like I used to. You know what I've been watching is the greatest, although heartbreaking, game seven Islanders and, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, Islanders lost one nothing. But game six, every game the Islanders played, the this wonderful woman, I forget her name, I think it's Nadine something, and she's got a beautiful voice. She'd start the national anthem, and then the crowd would take over, and it would be loud, and it would be proud. And it was it gave me goosebumps. I kept playing each rendition because they did it every game. I wish it would catch on everywhere. Now, I'm not going to tell this Olympian what to do, but I'll tell you what my interest in, in the Olympics are. Zero. I don't have any interest in the Olympics. You know, I kind of I kind of got a little... I, I, I did not watch last year's football season until the end when it was Drew Brees versus uh, Tom Brady. And then when it was Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Then it was Tom Brady 
uh, playing for Tampa Bay now, not for New England in the Super Bowl, I was interested. So I watched those games. But I don't care if if th- this 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 politics being brought into sports, it is killing athletics. You have ratings for the Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, all-time lows. People aren't watching. And that's not because Sean Hannity is telling them not to watch. Watch whatever you want. I believe in liberty. I believe in freedom. I don't believe in boycotts. I just, it's it's not how I roll. I believe that you do have the choice every time you're watching TV or listening to the radio. That's why we try and do a compelling radio show every day, every minute we're on. That's why we try to do a great TV show for you every night. So you will watch. We have a great show tonight. I hope you'll watch. But it it just, it, it takes one of the most, one of the most naturally uniting moments and it destroys it. People want a break. You go to an athletic event and and you have a shared passion in the case with most of the other fans that are there. It's it's uh, if it's college football or it's basketball or it's baseball, whatever it is, you 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 have a a common passion with strangers. Every time I've ever been to a sporting event without fail, I'm talking to people in front of me, talking to people behind me, talking to people next to me. And it's, 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 you don't know anything about people. You get people of all backgrounds, of all races, socioeconomic backgrounds, and it's naturally uniting. And then adding politics just divides it. You know, I saw this and I just said, all right, I can't take it. I have no desire to watch it. And it's maybe not fair for all these Olympic athletes. They, they, I mean, to be a high-performing athlete, I don't care what the sport is. You got to dedicate, you know, years of your life, hours every day to get to the top. And and I'm I'm inspired by anybody at the top of their game. But it's the politics is turning people off, including me. I'm not as interested. Linda makes you you don't know much about sports. So I'm really asking the wrong person. First of all, the Olympics are something completely different. So. As far as I'm concerned, you can have whatever beliefs you want. But when you step up there to represent your country, this isn't about you. This is about all of us. There are plenty of other countries to choose from. You don't want to stand for this one, then find one that suits your beliefs. As far as I'm concerned, this is a land of allowing everybody to have their own beliefs. And you're standing up for all of us, or at least you're supposed to. And by she's way, making the- it about her. It's not about her. It's about America. By the way, the the, the woman that's, that sang so beautifully for the Islanders, her name is Nicole uh, Raviv. I mean, it just was, it, it was inspiring to see that. I, I, I hope this catches on around the country. You know, players, you know, we're going to wait in the locker room until the national anthem is played. We're going to take a knee. And then if Drew Brees says, well, the reason I don't take a knee is because my father or my grandfather fought under that flag, gets the crap beat out of him. And then he, he's groveling for days and weeks afterwards as if he can't have his own opinion. I'm sorry. Now, the irony is, is because people look up to great athletes, if, if the athlete, independent of the, the, the day of the game and the sport, were to reach out to their many fans and say, hey, would everybody help me with this, this great charity? 
You know, maybe it's a, a safer schools for our kids or whatever it happens to be. And if you could just donate, if everyone could donate, you know, five bucks, I bet people would, would love to help out the athlete. We look up to athletes. So they're the most talented, the most gifted, um, the best at what they do. It's fun to watch it. You know, now you're taking moments where, okay, well, half the, sta- half the people in the stands are going to what? Sympathize with the guy taking the knee or staying in the locker room and other people are not. It, it, it takes this unifying moment and it destroys it. So stupid. Um, but that, that's where we are in America today. It wasn't interesting. We didn't spend enough time on this last week. The Supreme Court's First Amendment ruling, and it dealt with a 14-year-old cheerleader who failed to win a spot on the varsity high school cheering squad and then posted online an image of a, well, let's just say the middle finger uh, to 250 friends on Snapchat with the caption, F school, F softball, F cheer, F everything. And the message was sent after hours, after school hours from an off-campus location. When other cheerleaders then complained to the coaches, the school suspended the unhappy teenager who was on the JV squad for a year. And uh, anyway, the student and her parents filed the lawsuit uh, alleging violation of First Amendment rights, and they won. Supreme Court had previously held in the 69 Tinker Des Moines Independent Community School District that a public school could not constitutionally limit on-campus speech unless it would substantially interfere with the work of the school or impinge upon the rights of others. In the current case, the Third Circuit Court of Appeals held that the Tinker case standard allowing school discipline for disruptive speech should not apply to off-campus speech. The Supreme Court affirmed, but they did on different grounds, holding that the First Amendment allows schools to regulate some off-campus speech, but that the authority is more limited than in schools' regulation of on-campus speech. Anyway, so the Supreme Court, you know, could be an important precedent, and that is that students have First Amendment rights, which I never want to take away. What you want to say, but in school, as far as I'm concerned, you're there and you know, look, I'm, I'm I'm so old fashioned, I guess I'd put every kid in a uniform. I, I don't think it's a bad idea to have all boys schools, all girls schools sometimes and parents can choose. You can have co-ed schools and then parents can choose that. I'm a big believer in school choice. I put kids in uniforms and any kid that is disruptive in any way gets thrown out of the classroom. You keep disrupting, you get thrown out of the school and that we start with reading, writing, math computers, science, the basics, considering we spend more per capita on education per student than any other country in the industrialized world. Uh, Tim is in Utah. Tim, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Glad you called. I was wondering uh, kind of your take on how the big corporations are now going after individuals to get the shot. And though it's against federal law to uh, coerce or incentivize, uh, who do you think is going to be able to stand up to them? It's a great question. I mean, I interviewed last week on TV a nurse that uh, that was on the front lines during COVID the entire time. At some point, she contracted COVID-19, and, and we asked her ahead of time if we could ask her that question. She was fine with it. And anyway, and she's now fired, along with 153 other people, at this hospital in Houston, Texas, because she refuses to get the shot. 
And we've been lectured now to follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. Well, the Cleveland Clinic in the last two weeks came out with their study that said if you had COVID, you didn't need the shot. Exactly. But yet they're still pushing it down everyone's throat. I mean, even uh, radio stations, uh, airlines, you know, all this coercion, but yet it's against federal law to do that. So. I was just wondering uh, if you had any well, idea. Number one, I don't think anybody should have to disclose. I believe in medical privacy. I mean, we're going to have to disclose, uh, uh, you know, hand over our health records to the press next. And the second thing is, is everybody knows now that the vaccine is available in every state. Anytime you want it, you can now get it. And if people, for whatever reason, make a decision that they don't want it, that's up to them. I would encourage them to talk to their doctors, to take it seriously, to do a lot of research, uh, you know, and work with the medical professionals in their life that they trust and then make their own decision. But we were also told that if you got the shot, if you got the vaccine, that you're going to be okay, and it shouldn't matter what other people do in terms of what their decision happens to be. I mean, you know, that's what makes it so ridiculous that... You know, Joe and Jill Biden and Nancy Pelosi, even last week indoors, they're still wearing masks, even though they're fully vaccinated. You know, and then then they scratch their liberal heads and they wonder why. Why? Why is there vaccine hesitancy? Well, maybe you're causing it. Is, is there something about the vaccine you didn't tell us about? I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to tell people what to do. I, I think that there is a lawsuit in the making for any any place of business that is insisting that people get the shot, I think they're they're in for a rude awakening. And I think that they themselves are not following the science as they've been lecturing all of us to do. Well, you're a great American, and I appreciate all you do for us. I, you know, I have friends of mine that refuse to get vaccinated, and we've, we, we just talk about it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not their doctor. I'm not going to play doctor. And I do like to have discussions about important issues with my friends, and I, I'll ask them why, and they give me their reasons. You know, in some cases, some had already contracted COVID, survived it. They have, maybe even if their antibodies are low, they still have T-cell antibodies, which we had Rand Paul and a, no, a number of other doctors talk about. But they don't have to get it. And I'm not going to sit there and tell people what they do or need to do or not do. If you choose not to get it, that is a level of risk you're taking on on your own. Everybody knows now. You can't say, well, they probably don't know. They Everybody knows. And if you don't know, then I guess we have a bigger problem. Anyway, Brett in Texas. Brett, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you doing, Sean? I'm good, sir. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah, I was listening to last Friday. You talked about Fauci and gain of function. And I've been hearing a lot about that. I also know that Fauci... Back in 2017, in January, he called out Trump before he was inaugurated. He You're talking about say, Dr. Fauci, right? Right. Yes, that is okay. right. And he okay, called. He called. Called out Trump three years ago, or a little over three years now, four years ago, back in 2017, January, before he got inaugurated. He went ahead and he said that President Trump, when he becomes president, would be hit with a surprise pandemic or surprise disease. He didn't say within the four years of his presidency. He said three years from now. And if you actually watch the video from Georgetown University, he kind of pauses for a second. And I really wonder if Fauci knew something about when this would happen. If he was part of the gain of function, did he have control? I've not seen this. Listen, be careful with the Internet. There's a lot of fake news on there. A lot of people make stuff up. So, you know, look, there's information that we get 
every single day that we vet that's not true. I mean, the, the idea that every conservative is saying Trump is going to be president in, in August. I don't know a single conservative, not one, that believes that. In other words, an outspoken, legitimate conservative that believes that's going to happen. And the next Republican president, the earliest that's going to be is January of 2025. And, you know, for all these people, and, and then when I say that, there's other groups of people that get upset with me. Well, Hannity, you're not looking at this, and you're not looking at that, and you're wrong. I've looked at all of it. And I'm also looking at something called the Constitution, and something also known as the political reality of the day. Um, and I'm not going to create false hope in people and lie to my audience. That's not who I am. That's not who I've ever been. And even at times when it gets a little uncomfortable... Guess what? Like when I defended Trump that he'd govern as a conservative. Yeah, not everybody uh, believed me at the time, but I knew it to be true. So I told you the truth. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Big Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern news you won't get from the mob. Our friend David Webb at the Trump rally uh, also will update you on the tragedy that that happened down in Miami. We'll get to that. Uh, we have Ari Fleischer, Kaylee McEnany, Kevin McCarthy, Pete Hegseth, Leo Terrell, Eddie Gallagher, his wife Andrea, and Curtis Sliwa. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News, set your DVR. We'll see you then. Back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.